How much you want to make a bet I can throw a football over the mountains? And boom goes the dynamite. I don't know what we're yelling about! I don't know how to put this, but I'm kind of a big deal. It's the Girls Real Dairy Shootout edition of the Idaho Sports Broadcast, presented by Project Filter alongside Paul Kingsbury. My name's Sven Elscock, here to discuss all 24 first-round games of the Girls Real Dairy Shootout. State basketball is here, Paul, and it's the best time of the year for all of us at IdahoSports.com. Oh, it really is. You know, there's certain times of the year that just really get our juices flowing. You know, we got the fall state tournaments, winter state tournaments, and then spring, and here we are. Yeah, it seems like basketball just started. And we're a day and a half away from the first games of the girls' state tournament. Boys in a couple of weeks wrestling in between. Uh, it's a great time here. And I feel like we say this each year, but I, I think this year, for us personally, is as exciting of a year as it has been because we're introducing some new things here at IdahoSports.com, mm-hmm. including my personal favorite, the live stats during yeah. our state championship broadcast on Saturday. Yeah, that's going to be a lot of fun. We, you know, in, in the past we've we've tinkered with the idea. Um, it just never worked out. And this year, um, you know, I kind of connected with my good buddy, uh, the sports information director there at College of Idaho, uh, Mike Safford. I mean, he is the guru of this stuff. And and so between uh, you know he and me and you and and we worked it out. Saturday championships Saturday games we're going to have live stats being updated on the screen you can listen to us you can watch the stats it's a uh, pretty cool coverage uh, and the price tag is pretty nice too free all 66 games of the 2019 girls real dairy shootout will be broadcast with audio live and free here on idahosports.com as Paul just alluded to our 5a broadcasters will be Scott Burton and Mike Savage at the Ford Idaho Center for the 4a classification Paul's going to be with Clay Hatfield at Timberline, and I hear there's going to be some, uh, what, 70s and 80s references on that broadcast? That's incorrect. It's uh, late 80s, early 90s, probably. Oh, okay. Yeah, okay. You're, you're, you're making us a little bit older than we actually are. Whenever we work together, we've never really worked together before this year, and uh, and it turns out that he and I are a lot alike when it comes to uh, to subtle references and, and, and drop-ins during games, and I, I can say things that, that might go... Uh, you know, under or over the heads of some younger guys, and he looks at me and kind of winks and smiles, and I'm like, oh, perfect. He gets my jokes. This is better than at home. We try to pair these guys as well <laughs> as we can. Our 3A guys are uh, good friends as well. Matt Harris, the play-by-play guy, and Lance Taylor will be the color analyst for those games. The 2A classification, Lucas Gebhardt with Dell Gray. 1A Division One. I'll be with Glenn Jones and our social media guy, Alec Pope. And our 1A Division Two crew is Gary Jones, and Josh Myers again, all 66 games. The Real Dairy Shootout, live and free, audio broadcasts on idahosports.com. We also have action photographers all over the place. Those photos will be posted on idahosportsphotos.com. So basically, whatever form of coverage you could be looking for here, we'll have it on idahosports.com, plus updated brackets. Oh, absolutely. You know, Steve Connor, our action photographer uh, director, he, uh, he kicked out a little email to, to the group. And, and just for starting things out for girls basketball, you know, Patty Thur is going to be there, Chris Melgard, Willie Harris, love that guy, Wes Turner, Hal Coburn is going to be the Idaho Center filling in with coverage. And, of course, Steve, the man himself, is going to be at uh, Columbia and Skyview and Thursday at the Idaho Center, Friday and Saturday. So we're going to have action photos from all the games not every game, but all the different classifications, all three days, so make sure you check back. There's there's no better photographers. I'm going to stay west of the Mississippi um, than here at idosports.com. They do a really good job of catch, capturing those moments that you might not be able to get from the stands with your own personal camera, your phone, whatever. They spend a lot, lot of money on equipment, spend a lot of money on their time, and so uh, you know, it, it's great 
resources for people to go back, fans and parents, coaches, to go back and check out those action photos? We try to give people a lot of different ways to follow along if they can't be at the action. And even if you are, the photos are a great lifetime memory. Yeah. Uh, to hold on to is what we're going to do here on this episode of the Idaho Sports Prepcast presented by Project Filters. We're going to take a look at all 24 Thursday games uh, for the Girls Real Dairy Shootout. And we'll start 5A, 4A, 3A in segment number one. And in the second segment, we'll come back and we'll talk 2A, 1A Division One, and 1A Division Two. And uh, if you also want to read about this, I just put together a primer for the girls state basketball tournament and it took an eternity so you can go to the home page and you can click the girls basketball state tournament primer and spend about 15 to 20 minutes reading about it it's basically your magazine version it is of the tournament you are in a much better mood now that it's done you uh you poured your whole heart and soul into writing that so if you're listening to this if for nothing else, just go and click on it and read it, just for uh, just to show appreciation for Sven's hard work on this. And and you're right, we are going to do every game. So I just took my five-hour energy. I should be getting pretty juiced up in about a minute and a half. So between the two of us, this should be a pretty fun little prep cast. I gave you the five-minute warm-up there and to kind of get you <laughs> into the flow of things and raring and ready to go. And, well, the first thing we're going to talk about as far as a game goes is one that you should be pretty excited about, the top seed out of District 1-2 for the 5A ranks, Lake City, coming in at 20-3 and on the season, takes on the second seed out of the third district, Eagle Mustangs, 19-5. and these are two teams that are ranked second and third in the state media pool. That's a 115 game at the Ford Idaho Center, and this has the potential to be one of the best, if not the best game on paper right. for Thursday. Right, and, and I think that even if it wasn't on paper, I think chiseled in stone, this should be one of the best, because even though Eagles 3B, they could have very well been 3A. You know, that was a great district championship game that you and I did last second, um, last week, uh, where Mountain View won. I mean, those three teams, Mountain View, Eagle, and Lake City, have been 1-2-3 all year long. So to, to see two of the top three teams meeting in the first round of the state tournament, it happens, unfortunately, just the way things are set up. And this is one of those years where, uh, you know, what they talk about chips falling where they may. Well, they may fall here where the one and three team are going to meet up in the first round. The Eagle Mustangs team that we've seen a couple of times this year, they're led by Denver commit Megan Boyd, and she's joined in the backcourt by Jamie McKinney, a couple of talented players that took them to the district championship game. Eliza DeVera is also a University of Colorado at Colorado Springs commit. The Mustangs are coached by Cody Pickett, and uh, he's sixth season on the sideline for Coach Cody Pickett. Uh, what do you expect out of the Mustangs here in their first game as they go to work against Lake City, a team that's won 16 of their last 17? Well, uh, go to work is exactly what they're going to have to do. I mean, this is going to be a, a state championship feel in this game. Uh, you know, the two of the top dogs going at it early on. And first game of the tournament, I mean, for Scott and Mike to be broadcasting that, that's a treat. You know, you and I were talking before we went on saying, man, we, we misscheduled. You and I should have been doing this. It would have been fun. But you're right. It's going to be a, a dogfight, the very start of the tournament. Because, you, in, in, you know, state tournament, you lose. You go to the left side of the bracket, and the best you can get is consolation. Um, so, of course, you, you need to win that first game. And two top teams, someone is going to have to fall. Lake City has at least three girls that are going to play collegiate athletics of some kind the most notable one is going to play soccer that's Bridget Reakin as she scored 13 points and Aubrey Avery hit four three-pointers in the winner to state game 
for the Lake City Timberwolves. You take a look, they also have Lewis Clark State College basketball signee Sarah Mulehausen, and Deja Wilson's getting looked at uh, by a couple of places as well. So a lot of depth for Lake City this year, and uh, that's something that I think that is going to give them an advantage here in the state tournament. But Eagle also has that depth. It's just a, a good matchup on paper that we're excited to see how it shapes up in the quarterfinals. Absolutely. Take a look at the next matchup to determine who's going to play the winner of that game. It's 5-6-A Rigby, 18-7 and seven on the season, taking on the three seed out of District 3, the Boise Braves, 17-6 and six on the year. That's a 3 p.m. tip time game from the Ford Idaho Center. As Rigby, their first district championship since 2012, and that came down in the 4A classification, they got there by defeating Highland 52-46 to in overtime. The Trojans coached by Troy Shippen in his second season. They've got a lot of players that a year ago got all-conference accolades, and I think that's something that gives them that experience that we were just talking about with Eagle and Lake City. And I also think Rigby is kind of flying under the radar. I don't yeah. think anybody has talked about Rigby at all this year and you know they've got 18 wins right and you get 18 wins you don't get talked about you might have a little bit of a chip on your shoulder coming in saying well how come you weren't talking about us and and you could see that coming in there's a lot of talent um experienced talent coming in for rigby you can say the same thing about boise um in just a minute where we talk about kim bridges and her, her fighting braves where you know you got five returning starters for crying out loud but rigby bringing in those three returners um all conference you know, that, that matters in a state tournament. Experience matters. Emma Shippen, Tylee Jones, and Summer Dable are the returners who earned the all-conference accolades last year. Ruby Murdoch, though, and Matea Mobley, they were the ones that handled that district championship game as far as the scoring load goes. Murdoch was 16 points, Mobley with 12 points, and Mobley, she hit the big shots as well, giving the team the first lead of the game with four and a half minutes left in the fourth, and then she also gave him the go-ahead basket in overtime, and that was on an and-one. Gave him a three-point cool. lead, and uh, Highland never got back within three in that game. You know, and that's poise, and, and, and that's something that it's hard to coach. You can't really coach ice in the veins, so to speak, and to have players come in in, in the district level, regular season, then get to districts and do this. Going into state, you just have to look at your team and have a lot more confidence than you would looking at a, you know, a young team that didn't, didn't quite have that same poise. You mentioned a second ago, former Boise State Bronco Kim Bridges will have her Boise Braves ready for Rigby as uh, they are looking like a team that's not going to go down without a fight this year. And a lot of that has to go in a lot of ways with Peyton McFarland, their interior player. She's six foot four. Averages almost seven rebounds a game. It's a double-digit score as well as McFarlane averages 11. Um, you also have Allison Ross with 11. They return all five starters from last year. Claire Bonet is going to Willamette University. There's as much talent on Boise as anybody in the state, and I think that this might be your sleeper team for the 5A classification this year. Right, and, and you say sleeper team, but you know what? They're number four in the state in the media poll. But you haven't heard their name spouted around as much as you have a Mountain View or Lake City or an Eagle. They've just been comfortable sitting there in the number four spot most of the year saying, that's fine. Um, we're we're going to be here when the state tournament comes, and they are. You know, Going back to that experience aspect, a coach dreams of having that, you know, of of keeping those girls, you know, freshman, sophomore, junior, senior year. You know, that's when it really all comes together sometimes. And, and for Boise, 
coming in a little bit under the radar, like you said, because you've got three teams in front of you that everyone's looking at. Do not count out the Boise Braves. And I think these teams kind of mirror each other in the fact that I don't think they've been given enough credit for how talented they are this year. So that's the top half of the 5A bracket, Lake City Eagle at 115 and Rigby Boise at 3 o'clock. Winners to the semifinals, losers go to the cancellation bracket. The next game, it's the girls' version of the Sneaky Sneaker, and it's taking place <laughs> in the state basketball tournament, Mountain View. Number one ranked, undefeated, 23-0 on the season, taking on the Meridian Warriors, 14-12 on the year. They won the play-in game over the Post Falls Trojans back on Saturday, 6:15 for the tip time. And I don't think anybody wanted the task of getting Mountain View in the no. first round, but for Meridian, uh, they've just got to be psyched to actually be in the state tournament. This is the first time under third-year head coach Matthew Creech that the Warriors have gotten into the state tournament. Right, and you and I sat here and watched the play, uh, play-in game from Grangeville against Post Falls. Um, you know, and, and you're right. They they should be excited to be at state. Everybody should be excited to be at state. And when you're prized for winning a play-in game, you drive all the way to Grangeville and you win a play-in game, then you say, oh, we, we get to play Mountain View. Mountain View beat them already by 20 plus points this year, um, twice. So you know it's 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 definitely going to take a lot of preparation and getting their mind into it because you can definitely as a player and a team look at this and go, you know, we've already lost to Mountain View twice. Mm, great. No, you have to get your t- team psyched up. Let them know that they can compete with Mountain View. Let them you know convince them that they can win this game. And then you go out and see how the players do and see how the basketball is played. For Meridian, Nanilchik, Alaska transfer Deanne White. She was the 1A state player of the year last year in the great state of Alaska. She has been absolutely huge for them this year. She and Jalisa Lawrence, the leading scorers, averaging nine points a game. Uh, they also have Deanne White down for seven rebounds a game for that team. And, and beyond that, the coolest part about this roster, Paul, is that they only have two seniors, the other being Brittany Hansen, who's headed to Gonzaga for track and cross country. So a ton of talent is going to come back next season for Meridian. Oh, yeah, and that's always great news for a coach. You know, you look and you say, great, we made state. And, and you always feel bad for, you know, the upperclassmen that are graduating when you say, yeah, we've got good talent coming up. But that's the way sports work, college, high school, doesn't matter. So you look at the next year, you look at the two years from now, you know what, we have a lot of depth, we have a lot of youth coming up. Great, that's how you build a program, that's how you build successful teams year in and year out. On the other side of the equation in this first round game, the Mountain View Mavericks unblemished this year. It's two-time state champion Connie Skogrand's 16th season as the head coach of the Mavericks, and she has got a good team on her hands this year. Darian White headed to Montana State. Emma Anthony to the College of Idaho. They also have Trinity Slocum, Layla Sines, Olivia Kreiser, Nia Williams, Nia Williams. They have a ton yeah. of players out there. Braylon Whitelock. And we haven't even mentioned Neo Juku yet, who had 16 points and 10 rebounds against Eagle in the district championship game. It's safe to say this is a team that causes matchup problems all over the floor. You know, and Nio Juku is one of those players who, as a freshman, I want to say right now, that uh, when she's a senior, she's going to be recruited by every D1, you know, great D1 uh, college in the country. I mean, she is a fantastic player now, striking fear in the hearts of her opponents. And, you know, she's just fun to watch. She's just a fun player to watch on both ends of the court. Um, so Ajukwu, just a freshman, it, it's fun to watch. And Destiny Slocum's success at Oregon State this yeah. year has to help in a big way for uh, Mountain View players getting looked at because... 
I think every college basketball program would probably want their own repeat of what's happened yeah. with Destiny Slocum. I think there's going to be a lot of people trusting the job that Connie Skogrand does as the head coach there. We take a look at the 8 o'clock game in the 5A ranks, the fourth game of the day. The Highland Rams, 5-6-B, the second seed out of Eastern Idaho, 18-8 on the year, taking on the fourth seed out of the third district. The Timberline Wolves, 17-6, making their first state tournament appearance in 14 years under first-year head coach Andy Jones. And I think that the second that you saw Coach Jones heading to Timberline, you could almost pencil him in for state tournament of births on an annual basis. You know, that's that's absolutely true. You know, he's had so much success at Middleton. He goes to Timberline. Well, first it was, you know, I'm going to, I'm not going to coach for a while. And then he appears as the coach at Timberline, and, and that had to make the, the Wolves faithful so excited to have such an experienced, good coach come in to coach your girls and, and look where he has them. He has them right back in contention, and it's just going to get better from there. He's a great guy. He's fun to talk to before games. Um, he, he knows how to coach. He knows how to motivate, which if you don't have a lot of talent, uh, you know, built-in talent like Connie Skogrand, you know, she just she's surrounded. She oozes talent at Mountain View. If you don't if you don't have that, you have to be a motivator. And Andy Jones is a master motivator. We saw that at Middleton in so many years, and uh, and now we're going to see it at Timberline. And Timberline has quite a bit of talent too, so he's been helped out in that regard. In yeah. fact, the leading score out of the 5A SIC comes from Timberline. That's Ava Ranson, over 18 points <laughs> per game this year. And uh, you know, talk about her teammate as well on the guard line. There, she's pretty good, also. Yeah, yeah, you're absolutely right. And then there's, um, you know, you get that two-three, that one-two-three punch in a team. That's hard to, to defend against. And as a coach coming in, how do you prepare your team for that when you've got? Well, let, let's go ahead and focus on her. Well, you have to watch out for this and this and this. So your defense has to be as deep as your offense to go against a team like this. They're playing without Emma Ellinghouse, who tore ACL over the summer. Jones has won five state titles at Middleton. On the other side of things, it's Gino Mariani. He's the head coach, four-time football state champion. <laughs> a, a little bit different, but he's got some talent hey, Tom, as are well. Are we in the football preview? Wait. Yeah, yeah boy, what Wait. are we listening to here? It's uh, McKenna Baker, four-year starter. She's eclipsed the 30-point threshold multiple times this year, averaging close to 15 points a game last season. Uh, Mallory Vaudry, Bailey Farr, or Farrer, excuse me, a couple of other players to watch for the Highland Rams. This should be a pretty good game coming up at 8 o'clock in the 5A ranks. As we move down now to the 4A classification at Timberline High School, Paul's going to have the call with Clay Hatfield of this. Starts off with 3A seed, Middleton, 22, and 2 on the season, taking on 4-5C, the Mountain Home Tigers. They are 19-5 and five out of District 4-5, 1-15 game. And uh, this one, Paul, for Mountain Home, you got to get some nightmares in your head the second that you see you're playing Middleton. This is a team that has beat them 25 consecutive games dating back to 2006. Well, you know, they say it's hard to beat to beat a, a team three times in a row. Well, it's even harder to beat a team 26 times in a row, Sven. So we'll see what happens on day one of the tournament. First trip to state since 2011 for Mountain Home, and it's a different Mountain Home team. They excel on the guard line. they got Jazzy Cristobal out there. 13.9 points per game, 4.7 assists, 3.6 rebounds, and 3.5 steals. You got Emily Pippen averaging 11.5 points per game. She averages over four steals as well. I mean, these girls are pickpocketing everybody out there. Adri Blanksma, 14.5 points a game, 1.7 steals. I mean, who is not having almost two steals on this roster? Defense wins championships. You know, that's the that's basically the mantra of every, you know, every good 
basketball guru out there, and, and I believe it. You, you can't score unless you have the ball, and uh, and getting that ball back through defense is how you win games. They're going to need a lot of turnovers against a tough Middleton Viking basketball yes. team, which is coached by Nicole Williamson in her first season on the sideline. She's a former NNU post and also previously was the head coach at Nampa High School. Took them a while to get into things at the beginning of the season, but Middleton is now suddenly on a 13-game winning streak. They have a College of Idaho commit in Lexi Mitchell, do everything post Haley Robinette. Zoe Moore is talented, and she's been coming off the bench a lot. Josie Crawford and Ashley Campbell are some of the guards for the Middleton Vikings. I really like this basketball team. Well, a little thing you might not know about Zoe Moore is she's a three-time Powder Puff champion as well. And you can't overlook that when it comes into the girls' state tournament. Seriously, there's a lot of cool stories behind all these girls that, that we'll get into during our, our broadcast of the 4A state tournament. You know, a lot of National Honor Society girls, mayor youth advisory councils, um, you know, just a, a lot of cool things. We can talk about Haley Robinette all day long and her FFA accolades as well. So it's uh, it, it, it's fun. Coach Williamson is, is a great coach. We've seen her uh, coach her team a couple years, a couple times this year. Um, you and I did the Middleton Caldwell game early. I did the championship um, at CUNA last week. Just a, a fun coach to watch. Speaking of farm animals, yeah, uh, you had to basically help a sheep into life here this morning. Yeah. You know, you, I, I can give you a 10-second rundown for those that are in, you know, you, you piqued their interest. So, yes, my kids are in 4-H as well. We had a you go into labor last night about 1.30 in the morning. Great. We went out there, delivered twins. Mazel tov. Well, about 4 o'clock, we go out to check on them. One of them isn't doing so well. I thought it was actually dead. It was off alone, cold, not really breathing. Picked it up, brought it in. My wife spent the rest of the night and morning cradling it, going out, milking the you. And I just went inside about an hour ago. It's standing up in my living room, which I'm not a fan of, but that thing's alive. My, my wife is a complete miracle worker. If I ever have a heart attack, I want her around me. She might not care as much about me as she did that lamb, but my odds will definitely go up on survival. I think Joella is more of a goat whisperer than a Paul whisperer. <laughs> sheep. Sheep. Sheep whisperer. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> sheep, goats, Paul. Uh, aren't you? All, aren't you? A, they're all in one. Aren't right? you a three-time FFA champion out of Washington? Two, two. Got to get it right. Sorry. Went to nationals. Well, back to basketball here as we're taking a look at the second game in the 4A ranks on Thursday. Four-five A seed Century, unanimous number one all season. 24 and 0, 13 and 0 within their conference. They take on Blackfoot, 21 and 4, and 8 and 2 out of the 4A six district. That is a three o'clock game. This is another one kind of like that Middleton Mountain home. These teams used to be in the same conference forever. And Blackfoot, they have not eclipsed uh, in points during a game. So they haven't won, for those that are uh, confused by that terrible language that I just used there. They have not beaten the Century Diamondbacks since December 1st, 2009. So it's been an eternity for the Blackfoot Broncos, and it's been uh, even longer than that since they were in the state tournament, 14 years. But they're back now, and how exciting is that for the Blackfoot Broncos? Well, I think it's exciting for the Broncos, their, you know, their, their kids, their parents, their school, the town. You know, when a town has success, and Blackfoot has a long history of 
of athletic success, their football team. They had kids, you know, going on to BSU and they won football championships and, and wrestling championships. And, and so you get used to that winning atmosphere and then have your girls team start seeing success again and going back to state. You get the, the whole town gets a little bit more excited. It's a 4A school. So you, you think, well, it's a big town. Well, Blackfoot's a, a big town, but a small community is a good way to put it. So, you know, everybody in the community knows the school, knows the players, knows the families. And so when, when a team has success, the whole town appreciates it and supports it. Blackfoot won the play-in game 50-35 to over the CUNA Cavemen to secure their spot at state. And you take a look at this team, they have a couple of, actually three all-conference selections from a year ago that are coming back. Tenley Smith, Allie Cannon, and Olivia RV are all on this roster. Uh, they also have Hadley Humphreys, who is a rebounding machine for them, and who along with Tenley Smith scored 14 points each in that win over CUNA. Well, you take a look at Century, and this is a team that deserves a lot of credit for what they've done this year. They've kind of been a team with a target on their back throughout the duration of the year, and despite being pushed to the brink multiple times, whether it's a Highland game, Minico game, they figure out a way to win, and in their district championship against Minico, Paul, a 27 to nothing run in the middle of that game, and I, I believe in the Idaho State Journal when I read this, it said that it started in the end of the first quarter and spanned all the way into, I want to almost say it was the beginning of the fourth quarter, late in the third quarter. I mean, a mm. long time in the basketball game. It was definitely at least the third. Right. Dominant effort there in the middle of the game by Century, a team that was trailing in that one. You know, and, and when you get to the district championship, you you should be playing the best. And so for, for Century to come out and play Minico that tough, uh, I think that just goes to show just how tough Century really is. Chinma Najoku is a player that I don't want to face if I'm an interior <laughs> player in the state of Idaho. She is dominant. You also got Olivia Holt on the guard line. It's Chris yeah. Schuler's 10th season as the head coach. He's already got state titles in 2015 and 2016, and I think they may very well be the statewide favorite this year. But you look at the bracket, and this is not easy because if Century and Middleton both find ways to win their first-round games, mm-hmm. they'd have to play each other in the semifinals. Yeah. And even if that doesn't happen, I think you've got potentially four of the top teams in the state coming in that top part of the bracket. It is absolutely yep. stacked up there. Oh, you're absolutely right. And you've got, you know, in the 5A, you've got, you know, a possible championship game in the first round and the semis here. You've got it happening in the semis again. Of course, in the bottom bracket, you've got Minico still. You've got, you know, Lakeland coming out up north. you got Caldwell. So the 4A, I think there's a lot of parity, but you're right. Having Century and Middleton play in the semis, you wish it happened on Saturday, but the bracket is what the bracket is. So that's the top half of the bracket in the 4A classification. Again, it's Sven Elskog and Paul Kingsbury here for the Idaho Sports Prepcast presented by Project Filter. Bottom half of the bracket for the 4As hits the 1-2A seed, Lakeland, 10-11 and 11 on the season against the Caldwell Cougars, 3B, 19-5. This is a 6-15 game. It's Lakeland's first tournament appearance since 2009, and it's the first tournament appearance for Caldwell in year number one under head coach Ashley Green. Yeah, so you've got two teams coming up starting the night shift uh, with the state tournament, 
and and you're gonna you know you're gonna leave, have dinner, come back from the break, and be treated to to another great basketball game. Lakeland, you never really know what you're gonna get from these North teams um, coming in, and so coming in, Caldwell, kind of a known entity. You know they're tough. You know they're hard. How's Lakeland gonna be? Uh, you know that, that's tough to prepare for if you're Ashley Green. I think there's two players that you need to zone in on for this particular game. For Lakeland, it's sophomore Katie Ryan, as she had 13 points, 14 rebounds, four block shots to defeat the Moscow Bears in their last game for Lakeland. And on the other side, it's Jalen Callender for Caldwell. 13 points a game, six rebounds, almost three assists, and over two steals a game. These are do-everything players that fill up the stat sheet one way or another. If they're not scoring, they'll get rebounds. If they're not getting rebounds, not scoring, they'll get the steals and the blocks. These guys know exactly what they're doing. Right, and that's what kind of defines a good player. If your shots aren't falling, if you're not scoring, you do other things. You play good defense. You set screens for your teammates. And you, know, you look at the two uh, Martinez girls on the team, Jade and Julia. Those two are, are on the floor usually at the same time. Makes it makes it great for a broadcaster, by the way, to to have two last names on the court at the same time. But, uh, you know, watching them, there's just so much talent. And when I say talent, it's not just, yep, you can score. It's like what you said. You can score, you can rebound, you can block shots, you can um, alter shots, you can get your teammates open, all those little things that make a good basketball player. In the last game of the day in the 4A's 6A Hillcrest, 13-10 and 10 on the season, a wild run through the district tournament as they knocked off Shelley Blackfoot and Skyline to secure the top seed out of the 6th district despite being the 3 seed in that district tournament. They will take on Minico, second team out of 4-5 district. That's 4th and 5th district combined, the Great Basin 10 Conference. They are 16-8 and eight on the season. This is the 8 p.m. game, and there is no team that had a more memorable run through the district tournament than Hillcrest in the state, potentially Buell in 3A, which we'll talk about here momentarily, but absolutely unbelievable job by Alan Sargent here this year. Oh yeah, and you go through a district tournament, you've, you're kind of the underdog. It kind of shows, you know, we, and we've talked about it on on prepcast. We've talked about it during games where the regular season is great. It's fantastic, and it does count for some seeding in the districts. But you don't have to have a great regular season to get the state. It's all about where you peak and where you're playing your best basketball and 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 where you you're hitting your shots. And for Hillcrest, it was the district tournament, and good for them because they're at state. Macy Stenquist is a girl that you may recognize the name of. She's been around for Hillcrest for quite some time now. It's her fourth year on the varsity roster. She was around back when Hillcrest uh, was in the 5A classification, entering state as the top-ranked team. So she's been around through it all. They dropped down to 4A, and I think on the outsider perspective, everybody just assumed it was Blackfoot and Bonneville this year that were going to make the state tournament. Yeah. And it only ends up being... Um, you know, Blackfoot out of that duo, and Hillcrest takes the other spot. So shout out to the Knights, who are taking on a Minico Spartan team that features two players headed to college for basketball. Talia Stimson, College of Southern Idaho, and Tacey Harper is going to Western Colorado. Stimson averages 14.5 points a game. Harper just a shade over eight. I mean, this is a team that can shoot it well from distance as well. They have girls that rebound well on the offensive glass, and they are battle-tested. Seven of their eight games they've lost this year have come against teams that are either in the 4A or the 5A state tournament. So the final game of the day in the 4A classification, again, it is the Hillcrest Knights taking on the Minico Spartans and what should be a good one. As we move down to the 3A ranks now, the 3A state tournament held at Skyview High School. Matt Harris and Lance Taylor have the call for IdahoSports.com. It's the 6A seed, Sugar Salem, 21-2 on the season, 
against the second seed out of District 1, the Bonners Ferry Badgers, 17-6. This is the 1-15 game in the Mountain Time Zone. And defending 3A state champion Sugar Salem, they are a hot team. 19-game winning streak. They've got all-state performer Macy Knapp, second-team all-conference selection Maddie Fillmore, and they're back. They have some experience from that state tournament team, and uh, this is a tough matchup for Bonners Ferry in the first round. But we just mentioned battle-tested for Minico. I think Bonners Ferry is battle-tested as well. They've seen Timberlake a few times this year. Well, they have, you know, and in the 40s we talked about maybe those north teams coming in under the radar as the rest of the state doesn't really you know, get a full picture of, of what they're really like because they play a lot of out-of-state teams. You don't know how those teams are. And so you're right, Bonners Ferry coming in, um, like you said, battle-tested. You know, they've played tough opponents. They've come out of it 17-6, and six, great record. You know, they're, they're scoring about 50 points a game, which is fantastic. So, yeah, coming into a state tournament, riding the wave like they have been, it could be interesting. Bonners Ferry was ranked fourth in the media and coaches' polls to end the year. Travis Hinthorne, it's his second year of stint number two, He's actually coached there for 12 total years, and he's got two really good basketball players, Jersey Pluitt on the inside and Holly Ansley on the outside. Ansley, 21 points against Kellogg, and Pluitt, 16 points. She's six foot one, Jersey Pluitt, and at 3A, uh, that could be a big problem, and I think that you're going to need Fillmore stepping up in a big way for Sugar Salem there on that matchup. That's kind of one to watch. Oh, it really is. That's one of those matchups that you kind of dream about as a, a broadcaster who's impartial, just watching good basketball. But a six-one uh, girls basketball player in the 3A classification, uh, you know, in the 5As, uh, in the 4As, you have a bigger pool. Um, of athletes to choose from. 3A, you're kind of, you, you take what you're given, and if God gives you a six foot one basketball player, you say thank you, and you play her to the best of her abilities and, and just run with it. And speaking of enjoying matchups and good basketball, uh, the Buell-Homedale game, Buell 4A, 10 and 14 on the season, Homedale the second seed out of the third district, they're 12 and 10. This is a three o'clock game, and the records aren't going to stand out to you on paper, but they're both entering this state tournament playing their best basketball of the year. And last year, when they matched up in state, it was a 38-37 win for Buell. And there are a lot of familiar faces in this game. This is one of the matchups that's going to fly under the radar but be one of the best games of day one. And, you know, and I think that's one thing that's maybe overlooked sometimes. You look at records and go, oh, yeah, it's not going to be a good game. But you get two teams like this. You've got returning athletes. You've got returning coaches. They've been there before. They know how to play. Well, you've got similar styles. You've got similar teams coming in, similar abilities. It can be great basketball. And so there's there's no real way to pencil in who's coming out of that game and moving on, especially since they were kind of undervalued all year long based on where they're at in their conference. Buell did not win any conference games this year, but they uh, chose a good time of the year to figure it out. They upset Gooding in the first round of districts, and then they took two of three against Filer. This is Dan Hill's first year. That team is led by Emily Gorell, McKenna Lively, Kayla Morse, and Kyra Azevedo. The other side of the floor, Holmdale, another first-year head coach, Cam Long, a familiar name. Mm-hmm. They started the year 1-8, and eight, and suddenly they finished 11-2 and two in their last 13 games, and the only losses over that stretch have come to Parma, who was the district champion. You know, and early in the season, when, when you're looking at that 1-8, and eight, it came to two A teams. Um, mostly two-way teams. And so you look at it and go, well, Homedale's having a rebuilding year. And then, bam, all of a sudden, like you said, the ship gets turned around. They, uh, they, they get some wins going down the stretch. They get into districts, have a good districts. Bam, they're in the state tournament. Amaya Carter, a volleyball commit, headed to Mount Hood Community College. 
And Josie Hall also on the inside. The guard line for Homedale is led by Alex Grant and J.C. Swallow, a couple of starters for Coach Long. On the other side of the bracket, bottom half, it is 1A Timberlake, the number one ranked team in the state for the media poll, 20-2 on the year against 6B Teton, 12-12, a 500 record. Another team that was not able to win a conference game during the regular season but figured it out at the right time. This is a 6-15 game. As we mentioned Teton, Paul, this is a team that won the state play-in game over Filer 66-63 in overtime. And I think sometimes playing games like that where they're close right down to the wire, extra basketball, they can build that momentum heading into a tournament, and there's really something to say for that. There is, and the the big mo, as they like to call it, well, it's, it's confidence. That's all momentum is, it's confidence. And if you can get your team, your players, having confidence going into a game, that's half the battle. And, uh, and you know, the rest is, is just... Um, athletic ability and, and doing what what you've trained them to do. But if they go in with confidence, anything can happen. Wakely Coons led the Redskins with 27 points against Teton. Cambry Strait had 20 for the basketball game, a physical basketball game that was. On the other side of things, Matt Miller in his 14th season leading Timberlake. He had state titles in 2016 and 2017. Seems like they always just find a way to get to the Ford Idaho Center. And this is a good basketball team. Brooke Jessen is a sophomore post that teams with Terran Sumas and Makili talking on the outside to really make a formidable team. And uh, Jessen's just a sophomore, kind of like we talked about with Nayo Juku from Mountain View earlier. Uh, she's the Nayo Juku of the 3A <laughs> classification. You know, and that's a pretty big compliment, especially coming from a Sven Alskog. Um, you know, but you've got, you know, they went to state recently, which means there's a lot of players on this team that went to state as well. So you've got that experience. And combine that with young talent, that, that's a pretty good recipe for success. So that'll be an interesting game there, Teton and Timberlake at 6:15, And the one that I think is the best game of the day is saved for the last game of the day. 3A seed Parma, 21-2, takes on seed 5A, the Snake River Panthers, the runner-up from last year, 15-7 and seven on the season. Snake River returns a lot of familiar faces from that team that was a runner-up a year ago. Josie Stedman, Abby Morgan, Mia Harper, Abby Two, a bunch of others. But the notable exception is that they don't have the 3A State Player of the Year, Kelsey Higginson. So for Snake River to still have such a strong season has been really impressive. You know, one thing that you, you'll see time and time again, and Mountain View is a good example of this, if you have a great player, a great athlete, that goes on to do great things, it's almost like a comet. They leave a trail behind them that the others pick up on. They see success. They see what it takes to be successful and be great. And it rubs off on the players coming behind them. And, you know, like I said, Mountain View, you see that with the players behind them after Destiny Slocum leaves. Here, um, you know, you, you see Higginson leave. Well, guess what? The girls step up and say, okay, that's what it takes to be a great player. That's the work it takes. That's what we're going to do. And in this battle of Panthers here in this Ooh. one, Parma and Snake River. Arr. The Parma Panthers may very well have the best player in the 3A classification. Mm -hmm. That's Madison Jackson, two-time SRV Player of the Year. She's headed to Montana State, and her team has won 20 of its last 21 games. Not bad, huh? You know, and and having a a girl by the name of Madison Jackson, my first two kids are named Madison and Jackson, so it's very uh, it's very dear to my heart with this girl. But she, uh, you know, she's a great player. You're right, it, and I wouldn't say just SRV Player of the Year or Best Player in the 3A. I'll bet she could compete very well on her own on any one of these 5A teams in the state tournament. You always think that'd be fun to watch, and that's why you do the All-State games. I'm sure yeah. we'll see 
Madison Jackson there at North Idaho College. As Jackson and Courtney Weber, the lone seniors on the roster, and uh, seventh-year head coach Michael Calkins, he also has first-team All-SRV performers from a year ago, Addison Harris and Grace Jackson. And one of the things that you'll notice with Parma is they can shoot it all five players on the floor at any point will take a three-point shot. Yeah, and, and if your team has that green light, there's a lot of confidence in, at all five positions because they know that the coach isn't going to yank them if they shoot a shot. Well, from the coach's perspective, he has to be able to trust them to not make dumb mistakes. It's kind of like I tell my kids, I trust you until you give me a reason not to. And in a case like that where you have five players that are able and willing to take that shot no matter where it's at, that's trust and confidence that goes both ways uh, between the coach and the player and the player and the coach. And if you can get that synergy between those two aspects, a coach and a player, a player and a coach, that team can go far. What's the slogan? Don't let down the family? Don't embarrass the family is the number one rule of my family, yes. And don't let down the family is probably hand in hand with don't it, it embarrass. It kind of goes the same way. Same yeah. thing, right? Yeah. Well, we've talked 5A, 4A, and 3A girls basketball state tournaments here on the Idaho Sports Prepcast <laughs> presented by Project Filter. We'll take a break, come back, and talk 2A, 1A Division One, and 1A Division Two. right after this on idosports.com. Hey, it's winter, which means you can sit around and wait for spring or get a new Toyota 4 or all-wheel drive and get out and go. No matter if it's skiing, tubing, breaking out the snowmobiles, a great road trip, or just a drive across town, with a Toyota 4 or all-wheel drive, it's sure to be easier. Need more? How about great limited-time savings on your favorite? Toyota 4 or all-wheel drive model. It's time to get out and go. Your adventure starts at your local Toyota dealer. Toyota, let's go places. My name's Jerry, and I smoked for 30-plus years. I was elk hunting. My left arm and my left leg started tingling on me. I nearly died, and it was enough to wake me up. You know, being on the top side of the grass is a good alternative to smoking. I still hunt, and now it's getting time where the grandkids are going to start going, and I want to be there for that. Call 1-800-QUIT-NOW or visit projectfilter.org. Wendy's has three new hamburgers on the new made-to-crave menu. The barbecue cheeseburger, the sauce and bacon cheeseburger, and the peppercorn mushroom melt. They've got so much swagger, they'll change the way you think about hamburgers and the way you ride through our drive through Maybe you'll lean your seat back a little. Maybe a lot. Maybe you'll roll your windows down. Or maybe your window's broken because you punched through it to get your hamburger faster. Don't worry, honey. You know how the media sensationalizes everything. Okay, that does it. You play to win the game. I thought that would be big news. You thought what would be big news? Segment two of this Idaho Sports Prep Cast presented by Project Filter. It's a girls real dairy shootout edition here. As we've already talked, 5A, 4A, and 3A basketball time to move down to the 2A classification now and talk about the matchups going on there. We'll start with District 4 Seed A, Declo, 16 and 7 on the season, taking on the second seed out of the sixth district, the West Jefferson Panthers, 17 and 9. 115 is the start time from this one. The West Jefferson is a team that interests me, Paul, as Jordy Holdaway has been out for a good portion of the season. Uh, she's come back, though, uh, from that injury and made a big impact for West Jefferson as they almost knocked off Ryrie in their district championship game. So this is a team that really has the ability to make a run in this state tournament. You know, and, and not having Jordy uh, Holdaway was a big loss, but she's back. And you always you always question about just how 100% a player is when they come back from an injury. But what this says is the rest of her team 
is capable of playing without her, which is great because if you've got a team that's great without your best player, you get your best player back, that just elevates the entire team because you've got girls that were used to playing as uh, you know as the, the main players in the biggest roles, and now you've got that star athlete back. You know, Watch out for West Jeff if that team can gel together. Holdaway averages 15 points a game to go along with four steals and just under three assists per contest, also shoots 35% from three-point land. Also watch out for Kinley Newman and Sage Moss for West Jefferson, which is out of Terraton, Idaho. For the Declo Hornets, they have an interesting deal going on there, Paul. Is It's the only team that I remember since I've been here in Idaho that had co-head coaches. Ashley Baker and Justin Silcock are their co-head coaches at Declo. Yeah, and you have to wonder what the dy- dynamic is there. You think somebody has to be in charge, but then you look at my house and my wife and me, both of us are in charge. We're kind of co-head coaches, right? As, as Will would say, false news. <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right, you got me there. Paul's son, Will, rather than the fake news, is calling it false news. And I don't know if he's just not culturally hip with what it is he's or what the deal there. is. He's almost, almost there. Yes. He's getting there. Yes. Well, the Declo Hornets, they're more interesting than just having co-head coaches. They also have some talent on the floor that's fun to watch, including Maddie Ramsey and Sydney Ramsey, Amanda Bott, and Caitlin Mallory. Mallory was the leading scorer for the Hornets in their district championship win, 59-37 over Wendell with 13 points. So again, Declo West Jefferson is the 115 game. The 230, well, excuse me, they don't have 230 games. The 3 o'clock game <laughs> is seed 3A, the Melba Mustangs, 22-1 and on the season against 5B Malad. They are 16-9 and on the year. And out of the 2A matchups on day one, if I had to do a ranking system, I would say this is my second favorite matchup in the 2A classification. And that has to do with the fact that I really want to see how Melba matches up against teams from other parts of the state. You're right. Melba coming out of that 2A WIC, dominating um, all year long. You know, I had a chance to see him. I think you had a chance to see him as well. A very good team. A, a lot of great players um, on that team, you know, you got Mary Ellen Cassell coming in, and you've got you know Christensen, and of course you got the Clarks and 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 whatnot. So coming into a state setting where they're playing teams from out of the area, especially a team, you know, like uh, Malad, who has a Shawnee Simpson, who is a, such a great scorer. Um, Melba's not big; they're a very small team that relies on their quickness and their defense, and their defense is outstanding. But what do they do when they go up against those teams? They're a little more versatile um, on both sides of the court. That that remains to be seen. Shawnee Simpson is the leading scorer in the history of the Malad girls basketball program as she eclipsed the 1,000-point threshold uh, during a game in the district tournament. Simpson, 26 points in a 40-34 to 34 win over the Bear Lake Bears to give Malad that state berth. And you take a look at the seniors, Simpson, Britlin Hubbard, and Hallie Hanna for the Bear, or the Malad Dragons, and boy, they have just had an absolute ton of success on the hardwood. And on the other side of things for Melba, it's a similar story. And these are players that all offseason, I think they heard, well, they're not with Corey Pencer anymore. Corey Pencer's at Weber State, and they don't have Paige Pencer, and they don't have Christensen on the inside. Right. You know, what are they going to do? Well, they had these phenomenal guards still, Emma and Kate Clark, and I think everybody kind of forgot just how good they are. And then you got, as Glenn Jones would say, Mary Allen Cassell <laughs> out there. And, you know, Mary Allen Cassell, uh, she's a good inside player as well. Um, Emma Clark headed to NNU to run track and play basketball. I really like the Melba Mustangs, and I'm curious how they'll match up with Malad. I think they ended up on a half of the bracket where they've got a real good shot at a, a state championship appearance. The winner of this game, 
I really like to get past the next opponent in the semifinals. You know, I think that's actually a very astute observation. You know, the winner of this game obviously moves to the right. Well, up next, they'll get the winner of Declo Jefferson, uh, West Jefferson, excuse me. And and both those teams coming out, Declo plays a lot of uh, out-of-classification teams based on their conference. So judging on who they are, how they're going to match up at state, once again, defense wins championships. Melba, an outstanding defense, but it's going to all be about how they can defend the height of Malad. Melba is coached by Coach Lenz and Malad, coached by Jeremy Jones, who is in his third season on the sideline in Malad. Malad, Melba, the 3 o'clock game, the 115, Declo West Jefferson, and the 615 game at seed 12A, the Grangeville Bulldogs, 15 and 7 on the season, taking on the top seed out of the 5th district. Soda Springs. Soda Springs 24-0 on the season, and they're riding the wave of a 50-game winning streak into the state tournament here. And that's a pretty good winning streak. I don't know, you know, if you've been scoring at home, but that's a long, long winning streak to have. And they're not wanting to give it up anytime soon. You know, 50 games is a lot of games. And so coming into state tournament, ranked number one all year long, big target on their back. You know, that's right where they want to be. Um, Wage Fanavelt's just a great coach. He's gotten them there every year, and uh, and I think it's, they are going to be very tough to beat in this tournament. Let's start off by talking about Soda Springs and some of the players that have brought them here, kind of their journey. The Cardinals, they won their eighth consecutive district championship, and they did it in convincing fashion, 55-25 to over Malad. In that win, they forced 21 turnovers. Sadie Groning had 16 points. You know, you list off some of these players. you got Jocelyn Balls, Jorianne Balls, uh, Reagan Yamachi. I mean, they just have such a great group of talented players on this roster that have been around for a while. They have more experience than really anybody in the state at any classification. And they have experience winning. You know, these girls have come up in that winning atmosphere where, you know, it's not a, a rebuilding. You know, they're not rebuilding at any point during these girls' careers. They're just saying, okay, how do we improve off of last year when we won every game? Well, this is what we need to do. And and when you get to that point, staying focused is probably the the biggest concern that Coach Vanneveld has is keeping his girls on point and fine-tuned because you can get a little lackadaisical when you get to that point. Get to the top of the mountain, everyone's trying to knock you off, and they can't. You just kind of sit back and go, well, we're good. But him getting them in the right mindset coming in saying any given um, game, we can get knocked off. And so keeping them sharp is going to be key. And the way to get a little bit of a one-up on last year's performance would be to win every single game as they lost their first game last year to Sugar Salem and then went on a 26-game winning streak this year completely unblemished. And they'll have a, t- a tough task in the first round, excuse me, against the Grangeville Bulldogs, who are headed to state thanks to Paige Lindsley. She had a pair of free throws with under five seconds left to give Grangeville a 43-41 win over the St. Mary's Lumberjacks. Also in that game, Ja'Kaley Norman, 15 points. She led the scoring. Lindsley also had six assists. This is Michelle Barger's second season as the head coach. This is a proud program. Seven state titles, last one coming in 2011. They're familiar with success there in Grangeville. Oh, they are, and it's not just the girls' basketball team. It's the boys' basketball team. It's the football team. You know, all all across the board, Grangeville uh, is associated with success up there in, in District 2. And so coming in, you know, the Grangeville girls' team comes. The whole town's behind them. Everybody's excited about it. And, and when you've got excitement behind you, watch out. And I, I really think that Grangeville has challenged themselves about as well as anybody. The yeah. problem is going to be their first-round matchup is not easy. That's your uh, reward 
yeah. for winning your <laughs> district, you have to play another team that also won their district. Well, earlier, I told you that I thought Melba Malad was the second best matchup of day one here right. in the 2A ranks. The one that I'm most excited to hear about from Lucas Gebhardt, who's going to be our broadcaster there alongside Del Gray, is this Ryrie and Cole Valley game at 8 o'clock. Ryrie is seed 6A, 20-4 and four on the season, and they take on 3B, Cole Valley Christian, which is also 20-4. and four. Ryrie enters state, third-ranked team in the media poll. They've played in each of the last two state championship games, and they have a lot of talent that has been there and experienced that. Matty Johnson, Kennedy Coles, Eden Griffith, Anna Boone and Cassidy Parkinson, yep. they're all their seniors. And then they also have players like Indy Williams and Sarah Boone that are also there. Boy, what a team and what a coaching job by Damian Smith in his 12th season. Yeah, Damian Smith, that guy knows how to use the talent he's given. And, and it's just like what we've talked about two or three times. And when you get a state tournament, you almost get the same storylines with a lot of teams where you have so much talent in front in the, the upperclassmen that the underclassmen, they're just following right along the slinky effect. You know, you have uh, a lot of momentum in the front, and it just pulls everybody along behind them. And that's what you're seeing with Ryrie. Ryrie's opponent, Coal Valley Christian, the second seed out of District 3, not going to be an easy game. They're coached by Stu Sells in his second season, and they have one of the top interior players in the state of Idaho in Maddie Cook, dominant on the interior. And when you combine her with Savannah Corey, Anna Vick, Karina Olson, and Lindsey Krogh, some of the other pieces that they have. They're a dangerous basketball team. They went to Eastern Idaho, and they did beat Firth, so there is that common opponent between these two sides. Right, and you, you mentioned a couple of those players. Freshman, Froz and Krogh, six-foot freshman. Then you've got a six-foot-four Maddie Cook, a 5'11 Scudder as a junior. A lot of height coming out of the Cole Valley Christian uh, girls basketball program, and I've seen them play, and they know how to use that height very, very well. And a VCAT, 15 points for Cole Valley Christian in the district championship loss to the Melba Mustangs. The next classification up on our list here as we go uh, top to bottom classifications, the Girls Real Dairy Shootout previews, Sven Elskog, Paul Kingsbury, Zido Sports Prepcast presented by Project Filter. It's the 1A D1 classification from Columbia High School, and it gets started at 115 on Thursday as Shoshone, seed 4A, 21-1 and one on the season, takes on Liberty Charter, seed 3C, 12-13 and 13 on the year. Tim Chapman winning his coach in this tournament field, uh, as far as I know. He's won over 500 games in 28 seasons. Looking to add on to that here. You know, and when you can add on 500 games, that's a lot of games. And so you have a lot of experience. You're going to have down times. You're going to have successful times. And a coach that can take both of those and wrap them into one big ball of experience, you know, that's a, that's a pretty valuable thing for these girls to be coached by someone with that much experience. One big ball of experience. I like it. That's a new one. You're making it up on the fly here. Well, you know. I'll go a, a little bit of a more common term here for the next one. It's the dynamic duo for mm. Shoshone. Is these are the players that you need to watch when the Indians are on the floor. It's Bailey Owens, 15 points a game, 8 rebounds, and 4 steals. And Sierra Hennings, 11 points, 5 rebounds, 4 steals, and 5 assists. Once again, defense, defense, defense. I'm a huge defensive guy. Um, you know, when I played basketball, I love defense. When I, I coach various, you know, um, youth teams, I love defense. And so when I watch 
basketball. I like watching good defense, and and nine times out of ten, the best defensive team wins. So if you can come in, get your guards with quick hands, you've got your post players playing good defense, those are the teams that, that move to the right side of the bracket Thursday, Friday, and eventually end up at the Idaho Center on Saturday. Shoshone has held opponents to 25 points per game so far this season, and they're one of my favorites in this classification. I'll be doing the broadcast alongside Glenn Jones and Alec Pope. The opponent that Shoshone faces in the first round is Liberty Charter, and the thing that they got to key in on here is uh, sophomore post Madison Hotnet. She's got 12 double-doubles this season, including 19 points and 18 boards against Ambrose in the district tournament. Uh, Coach Brad McCain, he told me that Hotnet is already getting looked at by NNU and Treasure Valley Community College as a sophomore, so chances are pretty high that she'll be getting more looks as time goes on. This is one of the more dominant inside presences, and for Shoshone, it's going to be how do you match up with her? Uh, you know, that is your matchup that you got to win. Right, and basically you're you're daring the other teams to score against you. You're daring other teams to match up against you because, great, we have this one player, everyone's going to key on him, but guess what? We also have other players, you know, Bridget Ma, Brenna Logue, all these players that can come in, and you know what? You key in on on Hodnett. Well, guess what? She's going to pass it out, and the others are going to score as well. Brad McCain is 68 and 33 as the head coach of Liberty Charter. The next game following Liberty Charter, Shoshone, will be seed 3A notice, uh, 17 and 5 on the season against 2B Prairie, 18 and 3. This is a three o'clock Mountain Time for the tip, and I'll tell you this, Paul. If you have not seen these two teams play, I think that as far as talent on the floor goes, this may very well be the most exciting game of the day because you got Destiny Quebrado for notice, a player that I don't think you see very often at this classification. Every time that she has the ball in her hands, you just say, you know what, take it to the rack or take the shot. But she also has the ability to find her teammates as she's done so three and a half assists per game. But, but how's this for a stat? Six steals per game, and that's led in a big way to her 18 points a game. She is busy on both sides of the floor, and she's just fun to watch. Right, she's quick. She's quick both with her feet and her hands. She gets those steals. She gets right down the court. She gets fouled. She shoots free throws, and she makes her teammates better with the three-and-a-half assists per, per, uh, per game. So, you know, she's a great teammate to have not only because you've got a great scorer, but she's going to get you the rock as well. Quebrado is the leading scorer in the district championship win over the Rimrock Raiders with 21 points. Courtney Randall helps her out eight points a game, about seven boards and three steals. And the other starters for notice, Megan Vollmer, Mackenzie Woodland, and Kenzie Clements. Ninth-year Prairie head coach, meanwhile, she's looking – Lori Mader looking for her third straight state title since being there. And she's got Jordan Higgins and India Peary helping her out, second-team all-state selections last year. That's a pretty nice little start for Coach Mader. Yeah, and, and I had the opportunity to do the 2A or the 1AD ones last year. And so I, I watched a lot of these girls play. And talking with Lori Mader on the sidelines before the games, we did it in Lewiston a couple of weeks ago um, during their district tournament. She's one of those coaches I just like talking to on the sideline. Not that I don't enjoy everybody, but she enjoys talking back. I mean, it's just fun to talk to her. She's laid back. She's cool. She's classy. Uh, she's just one of those coaches that, uh, that you know, gives us what we need when we need it. She's she's a great head coach and then you look on the floor and you've got Higgins India Peary you can't stop India Peary when she's on a roll she can shoot she can drive she can dribble she can pass she's kind of the whole package and they've got two or three players like that apparently it's the Mater last name is that what it is in Cottonwood I, I like it 
I mean, there's a lot of familiar names in Cottonwood, but we like Maters. We do. Travis Mater. He's, he's a huge friend of the program. Love the guy. Absolutely. Travis Mater. Phenomenal pizza at Lewis Clark State <laughs> College. We uh, Anybody listening to this, we, we love food. Um, yes. So shout out to Bora, uh, Raff River. Yep. Uh, Lewis Clark State, Coach Coach Mater helping us Anybody out. Anybody that gives us food, now, we like. What are yeah. we going to do? Run through the list of phenomenal food? I had a guy email me this year. Don't have year time. Don't have time. From Rockland. Yeah. And, and he specifically said if we went out and did their football game, they, they would basically have this all-you-can-eat buffet of barbecue food. So there was going to be your, you know, basics. Yeah. The, the things you've heard of, the brisket and the pulled sure. pork. But then they were also going to have additional things like your lamb or, you know, things of that nature. Wow. I'm thinking, wow. Going the, all the, they're, they're going, yeah. Like it. It, it is a completely different thing. When you tell people that you like food, the, the <laughs> chances are it's probably going to work out for you in some way or another. The Prairie Pirates, they've had as much success as anybody in the state yeah. uh, in recent history. And we expect that to continue here in the state tournament. It's a tough matchup against Notice in the first round, though. Third game of the day at 6-15, seed 5-6-A, Grace, 15-8 on the year, taking on Jason Hansen's 2C, Genesee Bulldogs. <laughs> they are 18-8. and eight. There are all kinds of Idaho sports connections there are. with the Genesee Lady Bulldogs is uh, one of our broadcasters up there. In fact, our whole broadcast team is related in some way to Pretty this much. game, and, yeah. and in some cases, literally. Garrison Hardy <laughs> was our play-by-play guy. His dad, Greg is actually the head coach of Genesee. It's his first season. They call him Chainsaw. 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 Yeah. And you called him Chainsaw. Yeah, I'm not sure how he took that. I don't uh, think it was well. Jason Hansen said, yeah, it'll be okay, and I called him that, and then I went, oh, maybe I shouldn't have done that. So, sorry, Coach. <laughs> Paul's fired. Don't worry. <laughs> coach Hardy will make up for it at the state tournament here. Is uh, Genesee, they're the third representative out of their district. They won a regional play-in over Wallace. And then also defeated the Raff River Trojans. In that Raff River game, Bailey Leesman had 22 points. And you look at this team, they have guards like Emerson Parkins and forward Reagan Zenner. But the player that I really like, and this is obvious because I like players that can block some shots on the inside, <laughs> that's Kelsey Jensen, their senior yep. post. 11 blocks and a loss to Lapway. Yeah. During that game, um, you were doing the play-by-play on that game, I believe. And so I was on color, and I could kind of keep stuff. And I realized a couple of blocks into the first quarter that I should probably start keeping track of blocks. I usually don't, but I started throwing a little tally mark down every time. And all of a sudden, end of the game, we say unofficially, but we're it was pretty darn official. 11 blocks. 11 blocks and a loss. I mean, she was just a swatting machine. Nobody argued, so it was official. Okay. I'm going to go with that. I mean, we had coaches that were sharing it, so it got to be... Great. Accurate as well. <laughs> the opponent for Genesee here is a real interesting team, and uh, they're young. Yeah. Grace has four juniors and a sophomore in the starting lineup. They defeated Butte County in their district championship game, coached by Kyle Christensen. It's his first year. Brianna Hill is the leading scorer, averaging close to 12 points a game. Maniac Plague is averaging a double-double, 11 points and 11 rebounds per game. And in that district championship game, Clake had 15 points, 17 rebounds, and 8 blocks. So those two players in particular really stand out to me for Grace, which is a team that I think wants to prove themselves on a statewide scale, taking on a team out of the really well-known and always expected to be good at the state tournament, White Pine League. Well, you got a bunch of young players, and young players always come in with a little bit of swagger against some of the older, more experienced players. And four juniors and a sophomore. Yeah, juniors, you know, they're, they're 
almost upperclassmen there, but you get them coming in there saying, you know what, we're going to come in and beat your seniors. You come with a little swagger, anything can happen. And the other starters for Grace, Zoe Walker, Casey Younger, and Madison Winley are all juniors as well. That's the 6-15 game in 1A Division One. The 8 o'clock game, final one of the day, is C2A, the champions out of District 2, the Lapway Wildcats, 19-4, and taking on C3B, Rimrock, 20-3. Lapway has not lost a basketball game since December the 27th against North Central Washington, a team that's bigger than them, 58-55 to in that one. They've ran off 12 wins in a row, and included in that, Paul, two victories over Prairie by a combined 31 points. You know, you talk about teams, you know, they, they beat a team that was bigger than them. Well, you can talk about that with a lot of other teams on their their lineup. You know, they, they beat Moscow, a 4A team. So uh, they're not afraid to play anybody there in Lapway. Lapway is a basketball town, always has been. And what what's fun is, and, and you're going to see it, if Lapway gets to the championship, you'll see it. I had a chance to, to be at the Idaho Center every year for a number of years, a decade, solid decade. And the years that Lapway, boys, girls, didn't matter, made state, the, the Idaho Center was phenomenal because the entire town comes, plus outlying areas. They pack the place. They're loud. They're raucous. They're cheering on their team. They've got a, a great base to build on there in Lapway. Yeah, I broadcast a handful of these Prairie Lapway championships, whether it's boys or girls basketball, and uh, it's only fun. And, uh, you know, they're on opposite ends of the bracket here. Mm-hmm. Some other teams want to play spoiler, though, so we'll see how it works yeah. out. Eric Spencer, the head coach of Lapway, is 105-14 and 14 with three state championships as the head coach. Some names that you might recognize on Lapway, Aurelia Ellenwood. She's one of the starters for the Wildcats, and she's joined in the starting five by Glory Sabota, Raquel Dumbo, Julia Gould, and Grace Sabota. Ellenwood is actually the daughter of the late Lilfoot Ellenwood, who was a phenomenal basketball player at Lapway. And she's a transfer from Toppenish in Washington. They're really glad to have her on the roster this year. Yeah, if you can get a, a transfer in that's got history there already, uh, you know, Lap, Lapway is definitely lucky to have her, as well as a coach like Coach Spencer. Just a long list of, of great coaches that have come down through Lapway. They're, they're, they're fun to watch every year. Lapway's opponent in the first round will be the Rimrock Raiders. Ten of their last 12 games have been victories. They're coached by Kyla Jewett, who's 39-10 and 10 as the head coach, and her younger sister, Sammy, is actually on the roster as a sophomore. I don't think I've seen that this year, but a pretty cool storyline there. Oh, it is. You know, and you always look for those little storylines to happen in games, and that's a pretty cool one. You know, does she does she play favorites or does she treat her harsher? Huh? That's my question. i got to treat her harsher, right? Big sister, little sister? I don't think she plays favorites. I think they're <laughs> no. pretty tough over there in the Bruno Grandview School District. As Rimrock has just one senior on the roster, that's Miley Myers, and I can tell you, she can light it up from three-point land. Had 17 points in the district championship loss against Notice, but pretty incredible. I mean, they start a couple of juniors, a couple of sophomores, and a senior, so this team, regardless of what happens this year, will be back in the future. So that's the 1AD1 state tournament bracket. The last one that we have to get to here is potentially, in my opinion, the best state tournament bracket this year. I think you're going to see more games decided by 10 points or less in 1AD2 than any other classification. This is held at Nampa High School. We have Gary Jones and Josh Byers on the call for IdahoSports.com. And it gets started 
at 115 on Thursday in a matchup that I don't think we really expected that we would have. It's 2A Kendrick, 18 and 4 on the year, taking on 5-6B Shoban, 21 and 2. And the reason I say we didn't expect this is because Shoban has been ranked number one for a large portion of the year. They lost in the district championship game to Rockland and then had to go the long route through the play-in game in order to get here. And then Kendrick, they knocked off Nespers, a team that they lost to during the regular season in their district championship game to take the 2A seed, and suddenly these teams play each other in the first round. Well, it's not how you get there, right? It's once you do, once you're there, kind of. And they don't have to wait long to get out there and make an impact as well. I tell you what, Ron Ireland, it's his sixth year as the coach. These girls can shoot the three as well as anybody. Eight for 18 from three in their district championship win, 46-45 to over Nespers. And they trailed by 15 points in that game as well. Yeah, and, and a, a hot three-point shooting team, I will watch that all day and all night. I love watching those kind of games. Lauren Morgan, 18 points, and Maya Brown, 16 in that game. And they just released the all-league teams today. They were both first-team all-league representatives. Hannah Stapleton, who we'll talk about later from Nespers, was the player of the year out of the 1A Division Two white pine league good for her on the other side of things it's the showband chiefs they are the number one ranked team in the media poll defeated murtaugh 58 51 in the state play-in game and we have a player we would like to focus on here risha pokey bro has been sensational all year for him five triple doubles wow. and she averages a double double with points and rebounds and uh, you just don't see that many triple doubles at the high school rank often at all no not at all and and sometimes you can say attribute it to you know a weak schedule a weak conference but no that's not the case she goes in night in night out puts the work in and helps her team win their conference is pretty good this year yeah. as you had rockland which is going to be a team that we talk about in the eight o'clock game Mackie could have made a run at the state tournament they won't have an opportunity but you know there were some quality teams in the 1a division two rocky mountain conference here this year Three o'clock game is a matchup that we've seen consistently over the year. We're going to see it again this year. It's seed 3A, Salmon River 19-2, and two, looking for their first state championship since 1977. And they take on the Dietrich Blue Devils, who are 19-5 and five on the year and sealed their spot at state with a 38-36 win over the Murtaugh Red Devils. These are two of the best coaches in the state of Idaho at this classification. A.C. Shaw in his 14th year at Dietrich with four state titles. Paula Tucker at Salmon River, uh, she's just done a lot of things there, but even prior to that at at Garden Valley. So uh, lots of experience in this game and a ton of fun talent to watch. Yeah, and there's there's great stories behind both these coaches. And, and, you know, I'm actually friends with both these friends on Facebook too, so that really makes it official in my book. Um, But, you know, you look at, you know, Paula Tucker. There was one year she coached boys and girls and took them both to state. You know, that's pretty cool in my book. You know, AC overcome a lot of hardships, and he's down there coaching his girls. He's doing a great job. He had a ESPN 30 for 30 about the guy. That puts him right at number one on my list. And so, you know, Dietrich, you know, we're going to go back to food real quick. Eagle's Nest feeds us every time we go down. They stay open for us, and just by, by that is great. But then you have to look at Salmon River and the River Rock Cafe. So if it's a battle of foods in this one, it's a, it's a draw for me. You're not going to vote? No. You can't vote. I can't. It's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a, a toss-up. It's a conflict. The calzones at, at River Rock Cafe or the chicken fried steak at Eagle's Nest. I, I don't know. Tell you what, you know, if you're in a breakfast mood as you drive through Dietrich, which you're probably not just going to be driving <laughs> through Dietrich, so you're going to need to take a little escapade off the road 
and uh, depart the freeway at Twin Falls and head north, because I recommend that. I mean, Riggins, a lot of the time, it's easier because people are actually driving through there. Right. There's not as much of a reason to drive through Dietrich. But regardless, back to basketball. Um, <laughs> the Savages have long, thin conference MVP from a year ago, Chevelle Shepard. Yeah. Also, Lotus Harper, Sophie Brandstetter, uh, Emily Diaz, and Jordan Ponger on the inside. I like this team. Ranked third in the last media poll of the season. Their opponent is led by Madigan Bingham and Brianna Estelle for the Dietrich Blue Devils. As I really like this matchup on paper. And again, I mentioned it's this classification. I think every one of these games on day one is going to be decided by 10 points or less. Yeah, and this is a legacy game. You know, not to dwell on this too much, but you look at the, the legacy players, the names. You've got Bingham. You've got Shaw, you've got Brandstetter, you've got Harper, you've got Shepard. I mean, these are names that have gone through these programs. Estelle, another one. You, these are names that have gone through both these programs for years, and they just keep coming. It's great. It's great to see. Kingsbury? Not not yet. Not yet. I, 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 I've told Charlie Shepard that if I had to move anywhere, I would move to Riggins and let Will, my son, play up there. But we're, 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 we're happy here in CUNA. So if anybody listening to this knows Paul's wife, Joella, you're going to have to do the sales pitch. Yeah. Just say that you don't like hanging out with Paul here in the Treasure Valley. You, you want to get him as far away as possible, and Paul will be okay with and that. It's, and it's, usually, it's true in most cases. It really is. Just it, get me up exactly. somewhere up like, like Riggins, and I'll be happy. Riggins, Garden Valley, I don't know, Bonner's Ferry. But we'll just go anywhere. <laughs> That's right? a long ways. That's anywhere. a long ways to go. Well, speaking of going way up north, we've got a matchup of two northern teams. It's 1A Genesis Prep, 12-10 and 10 on the season against the second seed out of the second district, Nez Perce, 21-3 on the year. Very rarely at state that you see a matchup like this with two teams that are a couple hours apart and normally not that close, especially uh, out of up north opponents. Uh, this is a good matchup on paper, and a lot of the reason for it is because of the inside matchup. Bella Miracatete for Washington State, a commit is at Genesis Prep. This girl is unstoppable on the inside at this classification. She averages a double-double points and rebounds every night. Sometimes she'll throw in blocks for a triple-double just to have some fun. <laughs> Hannah Stapleton of Nespers, just as good as far as the double-doubles go. So if anybody's going to slow her down, it may be Hannah Stapleton. Yeah, and this is one of those games where... It's, it's early in the tournament. It's the first game of the tournament, and you wish, boy, I wish this was going to be played on Saturday in front of, you know, five, 6,000 people. But there's going to be a few hundred people in that gym, and they're going to be treated to a really great basketball game. And the matchup on the guard line to watch, Rachel Schroeder for Genesis Prep going to work on Sydney Boyer for the Nez Perce Indians. Nez Perce coached by the legendary Dave Snodgrass, and Genesis Prep is coached by second-year man Brandon Haas. So that is the 6:15 game and the last game of day one to talk about here is Carrie and Rockland. They saved one of the best for last. It's the A seed out of the fourth district, Carrie, 19 and one. Their only loss on the season, coming to second-ranked 1A Division One team Shoshone back on November the 20th by six points. It's been a long time since they lost a game, and they play 5-6A Rockland, the champions out of Eastern Idaho. The Bulldogs, 20 and four on the season with a win against the number one ranked Showband Chiefs. Yeah, two teams coming in with five losses between them, and I thank you. You're going to have Vanessa Williams save the best for last. Stuck in my head probably the rest of the night now. Probably predates you, but I'll sing it to you when we get off the uh, off the show. I'm not that old. Vanessa Williams, man, that is... Whew. 
we were talking about a long time since some of these teams won state championships, and I was throwing out years that my dad graduated high school, and I don't even know, Paul probably wasn't even born in, what, 1977? I was two. You were two? I was two. Elvis died that year. I got him to say how my old wife he was. was born see that, that people? I, I got him to say how old he was. My so mom. now you can all make fun of him when you see him around at state. This man's like 50 years old. I'm Good not going to try and do the math. Good math, yeah. What, what are they, 43, 44? You, 40, actually, I'm 44 now. 44? Yeah, just turned 44. The big 4-4. Four, four. Well, yeah. the, these players on the teams not nearly as old as Paul, and that's a good thing because it gives us uh, some fun basketball to watch. They don't have to walk it up the floor and run the half-court offense. These teams are going to run here in this game. As the Cary Panthers, they limit their opponents to just 31 points a game, but they still got players that can light it up. Athena versus Lindsey Mori and Chantel Chavez on the guard line, and on the other side of the floor, it's the Boyers, Kearsley and Brinkley Boyer for Rockland. They combined for 16 points in that overtime win against Choban. They also hit six free throws in overtime. The player to watch for Rockland, though, is Madeline Perman. Uh, she was a first-team all-conference selection last year. Rockland coached by Vern Nelson, and he's been there a long time. His 23rd season, while Carey is coached by Marilee Sears. In her seventh season on the sideline. Well, we did it, Paul. We made it through 48 different teams, 24 games, and now do the it all only again. thing... Do it all again Thursday night? The only thing left to do now <laughs> is to sit down and watch basketball. That's the easy part, isn't it? Yeah, that's the fun part. Yeah. The rest of it is all just talk. I mean, people are going to listen to this, and I can appreciate that. Thanks for listening. Absolutely. It's been, it's been fun having the people on. Um, but go out and watch the games, and if you yep. can't make it to the game... Listen to us. Yep. And remember, on Saturday, we will have live stats along with our live on and free audio Absolutely. championship broadcast. So it's just going to be a great week of basketball. we got a lot of local sponsors that we'll thank throughout. Uh, the coverage is powered by Big Dog Satellite and Solar, and you'll hear from our other major partners as well. Well, for Paul Kingsbury, my name's Sven Elscott. Thanks for joining us this week on the Idaho Sports Prepcast. Presented by Project Filter.